Welcome back, humor consumers, to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm comedian Tracy DeGraff. And I'm Catherine. My bestie. Yes. <laughs> We're here for each other, aren't we? Thank God. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Catherine. Mm-hmm. And God. Yes. <laughs> you hear that noise? I do. Oh, that's the heater. It's cold. It's been cold. It's going to get warm, though. Yeah. Should we no. turn that off? No. All right. Mm-hmm. Unless All right. you start to get like, hot. <laughs> That's good. That could happen. All right. Sorry for that distraction. We're here. We're here in the pod lab and we are excited to be recording. Um, We're going to get to that in just a minute. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that we wanted to do today is to express our appreciation for our listeners. Yes. Woo. It's amazing to me. It is to me too. Yeah. That, that so what you're talking about is getting feedback. Yes, we got feedback, face-to-face feedback. Yes. Catherine and I um attend the same church in our little town and we No went, surprise there. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's right down the street. We could walk there. We are Siamese, <laughs> if you please. Stop. Oh, if you're just tuning in, we're best friends and we're joined at the hip and sometimes we think we're crazy. <laughs> or others think we're crazy. Yeah, and then we don't care because we're like, that's us. Yeah, whatever. Everybody wants to be us. <laughs> Not really. Except our husbands. Yeah, right. <laughs> they just support. They do. Yeah. Well, anyway, we go to the same church and we we attended a ladies' event. Uh, just what was it last Saturday? Last week. Yeah. Last Saturday, mm-hmm. we attended the event and we were there as attendees. We we didn't have anything to do with organizing the event or speaking at the event or anything like that. And I walked up to a table full of our peeps, you know, mm-hmm. and I started talking to them, just like, "Hi, how's it going?" Whatever. And they were all chitter chatter about various episodes that they'd listened to, and to the point where I had to go, "Oh my gosh, what did we say during that episode?" Yeah. <laughs> Because we record them ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. And then we load them up into the little pod bean thing, and then they get spread out. Dropped. Dropped. That's the word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Give me official. (laughs) They drop every Wednesday at noon. So if you're a new listener, welcome to the party. Mm -hmm. We're happy to have you. And we had no idea that all these ladies were listening. No, we didn't. And enjoying it. Yeah. That was very encouraging. Yes. Yeah. And one of our one of our friends, Gail, mm-hmm. she says, I can't wait. I've listened to them all. And now I have to wait week to week, you know, because they drop one at a time. Yeah. Because we're doing our best, friends, to figure this out. And we put a lot of time and effort into it. It might not sound like it. Right. <laughs> but we do. If, right. It we try. Not, right. And we're growing with this. We hope. I've, yeah. Well, we are. Yes, we are. We're definitely. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. We yeah. Are. Yeah, we are. So um so stay tuned now and in well in the future cuz yeah. we're going to keep growing. Yeah, and and we try every episode to have a call to action. And so we want you to listen all the way to the end of this episode. Uh today's episode by the way is on the topic of phobias. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Catherine and I are going to share our phobias which we have actually had panic attacks um, oh, yeah. with them mm-hmm. and so we have them mm-hmm. so we're going to share those but we're also going to share some weird ones but listen all the way to the end because we have a favor to ask you yeah and we are just going to come out and ask yeah no fear there no and we're going to expect a yes so just saying <laughs> all right <laughs> all right well let's jump into the topic 
of phobias mm-hmm. and some common phobias. What what do you, what do you th- give us five common phobias, Catherine, and then I'll I'll share five common phobias as well. All right. So some common phobias are uh, flying, heights, spiders, confined spaces, and blood. Oh. Blood meaning you don't want to see it? Uh, you don't want to bleed? Well, the category includes um, needles, people who are afraid of needles, um, and injuries, mm-hmm. and uh, certain medical procedures or medical-like um, procedures. So that's what that includes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And... Well, let's talk about your phobia on uh, flying. All right. Uh, do we want to mention our sponsors? <gasps> yes, I forgot. Okay. I'm sorry, sponsors. Go ahead. <laughs> our sponsors are Muffin, Muffin and Pooh. <laughs> our husbands. Yeah. Ron and Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, so, guys. Right. For hanging in there with us. And ministry supporters. Yes, because we have had a... A long list of um, supporters who have helped us to come this far in terms of getting all this equipment that we needed to produce the podcast. And on the road, we're going to ask our listeners to be supportive of us as well if you're so led to support us financially. We're not there yet. And we know that we can get on some of these programs where you can give. And we're going to do that. But we're just we're just wanting to get kind of our feet under us, I guess, first to make mm-hmm. sure that we're, we know what we're doing and we're on a regular schedule. So that'll be coming soon. So listen up. Yes, please do. All right. So All tell right. them about your flying situation. Yeah. I have a real phobia of flying. And uh, I, you know, we were talking about where do phobias come from, which we'll get into that. Yeah. But I didn't have this phobia when I was younger. I grew up flying overseas and... Um, even a couple domestic things. Mm-hmm. And I would say, though, that there was a lot of excitement prior to uh, getting on that plane. Butterflies, excitement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, later in life, and it actually was after 9-11, mm-hmm. but I can't say that I thought about what happened on 9-11 as part of what I was afraid of. Right. But it was crippling. I mean, to the point of... Um, couldn't even think about it without yeah. pa- having that panic inside. It was a physical, physical response. Which is what a phobia does produce is a physical the anxiety, attack. anxiety, panic attack. Yeah. And so um, anyway, that's that was my experience. So, so, no. so wait, go back because I, I can't recall what you had said earlier to me. And then I don't know that you just mentioned it now. But how old were you? Do you recall how old you were when you first got on an airplane? Because Catherine's family is from England, so that's why she had frequent trips to and from, you know, England to America, England to America. Well, my very maybe this is it. I just now Uh-oh, here we go. This. When I was a baby, they yeah. put me in a box and put me on the on the floor oh. in front of the seat. Wow. And of course, I don't remember that. But well, that, maybe you do. <laughs> maybe I do. It's <laughs> baked in the cake. Wow. <laughs> We're uncovering some Therapy. stuff here. <laughs> yeah, so I was in a little box on the floor mm-hmm. um, the very first time that my parents flew back to England. 
Okay, to visit your mom's family and yeah. show off the baby and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> and then as yeah. you were younger, and you, of course, recall, because so, we, we read Catherine's diary earlier from when she was in junior high. Oh, my gosh, that's funny. Prior to that, actually. Yeah, we should we should do an episode on that, just on your diary. <laughs> oh, just on mine. Yeah. Well, I, ha- I have one, but I don't know where it is. Oh. We can make it up. Let's excavate it. Let's find it. Okay. Well... Yeah, and then the next time that I went, I believe I was seven, okay. I think. So that's and, pretty young and impressionable. Oh, and I clearly, I remember that. I can remember that. it was that. good? Scary? Both? No, it was all good. Exciting? Exciting. Yeah, Exciting. couldn't wait to see family. Mm-hmm. But, oh, I know, I think I know what you're getting at. Mm-hmm. But I would watch my mom at takeoff. Yeah. And <laughs> she would grip the arms of the chair, yeah. you know, on the plane. Yeah. And, and she just would be so dramatic and clutch the, the arms, like I said. And just, she looked like she was going to die. Yeah. And she was scared. to. It looked like we were going down. <laughs> and I guess that, that perhaps I internalized that. But it didn't surface itself, manifest into this fear until I got older. Right. But when you're seven years old, you're certainly old enough to recognize that something like that mm-hmm. is going on. Mm-hmm. And maybe you didn't understand it right then. Like, why Why would she be doing that? But then, but there it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess so. I mean, I can remember definitely sensing her her fear but then but but she would preach to us she would not lecture but she would say oh don't worry you know and she would give all the stats and she'd say things but I knew better I knew she was just saying that to us to get us on that plane and well plus we talked about in our listening episode which if you haven't heard that listen to it it's in there somewhere mm-hmm. on listening we talked about how nonverbal communication overrides your words mm-hmm. so even mm-hmm. as a 7 year old 8 year old whatever mm-hmm. if your mom was saying oh it's all good but she's gripping with mm-hmm. a death grip yeah you you, you her nonverbals yeah. override exactly the verbals exactly so then it was obviously many years from then until 2003 did it you was say? 2003 when uh before even leaving i realized that i was scared to death so you were you were in chicago and you were leaving to go to e- a e- vacation or something going to england england okay mm-hmm. and even before getting to the airport even just thinking of going I was getting anxiety. I was having nightmares. And uh, so I did call the doctor mm-hmm. and I Thank said, I, ha- I have this thing. And he had prescribed medicine. Well, looking back, I, I, I thought that I had an adverse effect to the medicine. Okay. But looking back, I realized it wasn't a high enough dose for I an see. eight hour flight. I see. Nor for the, the anxiety level that I had. So I thought that I was having an adverse, well, when re- in reality, I think that I just didn't have enough medicine. <laughs> so, uh, oh gosh, it was awful. It was so bad. So you got on the plane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you get on and then take the medicine? Or did you take the medicine and then get on? I did on? it as prescribed as the doctor told me to, which was before getting on. Okay. So um, I, I don't even remember it making a dent. Okay. And so, how I felt. So you still felt the anxiety as you boarded the plane and then you had what, an eight and a half hour flight mm-hmm. or whatever? Yeah. How mm-hmm. did you do on that flight? <laughs> <laughs> 
you should ask my family that because I what would barely they say? remember. Well, Kenny, yeah, he he talks about how so our youngest one, Ellis, she was about two at oh the my time. Gosh, you had three kids with you, yeah. And that's enough to invoke anxiety. I know. And she was in a car seat. And (laughs) (laughs) what? Kenny had all the responsibility. I was good for nothing. I was a wet noodle. (laughs) Not because of medicine either, but because I was. You're shaking in fear. Absolutely having a panic panic attack for eight hours. Wow. And so at some point, because he was holding Ellis, even though there was a car seat, but he was handling her somehow (laughs) he said could you give me a hand i have to go to the bathroom and i said no (laughs) you can't you can't go to the bathroom i went no (laughs) and i thought oh he's gonna have to figure it out because did he so what what did you do i just stayed in my slump state (laughs) in the chair i don't know what he did I don't know what he did. Oh my god. I'm just gonna add on the way back. Yeah. Even worse. <laughs> so what I just described to you, multiply that maybe times ten. Okay. Because so we're we're on board. Yeah. And all Wait, wait, wait. This is on the way back? This is on the way home. Okay. Yeah. So I'm you're on board. Back. You've got your medicine. Uh, yeah. Okay. I guess. But it didn't like I said, it didn't right. feel like it. The pilot comes on, he starts speaking French. And I thought, oh, my God, <laughs> we're on the wrong flight. We're on the wrong flight. And I was at in the middle row because it's a big, you yeah. know, 747 or something just yeah. like that. And so I'm in the middle, but I'm on the end of the middle. And in the row next to me, which are the three or four window seats, mm-hmm. there is a person like a matriarch of a religious group. Okay. <laughs> And I think she had the whole like habit thing on and everything. So anyway, it the whole there was a big group from France on mm-hmm. the plane mm-hmm. that I started to realize, and a lot of people were real concerned about this woman next to me. Okay, and we happened to in the flight hit severe turbulence. No. I describe it as severe turbulence. <laughs> I mean, I grabbed the steward's arm at one point. Uh-huh. And, you know, because he said to me about, I think one of the kids was laying on my lap at that point. Mm -hmm. And he says to me, in what I perceived as a panic voice, he says, is she strapped? (laughs) Meaning, is she belted in? I know what that means. And I was like, no. And I grabbed his arm. (laughs) Like, what's happening? And anyway, all these people that were within this group we're going over to this woman next to me, this like matriarch, it seemed like, and she's back and forth and she's all paranoid and she's praying and, and, and they're all consoling her. And, mm. and these people like the rear ends were in my face because they're <laughs> bending over and talking to her and consoling her. And it just was traumatic to me. And it, it did you think or do you think now that that woman was afraid to fly? Yes. Yes. <laughs> us next to each other great (laughs) lord help yeah so that's experience didn't make things pleasant and it didn't help the situation my medicine wasn't strong enough right you know so right and my experience has been with you flying with you now because Catherine and i occasionally Mm pre-covid we did fly for ministry Ministry. purposes and 
and um she does great i have to give you credit that mm. you know you you do it anyway like you don't let it stop you and i really give you a lot of credit for that Aww. you definitely get the medicine whatever yeah. it is xanax or whatever it is mm-hmm. and you take it as prescribed mm-hmm. which she's very diligent about not taking too much and not trying to just be a big girl and do it on your own or whatever no yeah no well <laughs> i wouldn't be able to go <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And the the one time I, I do remember the time we flew to Texas with me and you and, and Lisa. Lisa. Yeah. So Catherine and Lisa were supposed to be my my people. <laughs> they were supposed to be my assistants. Support. Yeah. My support. Yeah, assistants. Yes. Right. They, right. And we were going to pretend like one was my agent and one was my oh, manager. Right. Right, remember, right. we were like, oh, yeah, we're, yeah. she's a big shot. She's got people. <laughs> And we're we're in Chicago, and we're we're from here. You know, this is our this is like where we're from, and uh, and I was like, okay, we've got to go, or whatever. And yeah. and uh, Lisa wasn't paying attention to the time, and you had taken, I I don't know if we were, I can't remember now if we were in Texas or if we were in Chicago, but whatever it was, mm-hmm. I. I remember I had to do all the stuff. I was I like, do remember that? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, but think of it this way. Look what I did to Kenny. I was like, I can't help you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but so. we, so we get on the plane and whether we were going from Chicago to Dallas or vice versa, yeah, we get on the plane and it's time to buckle up. Catherine can't put her buckle together. <laughs> she couldn't do it. I forgot about <laughs> remember? that. Like she would grab both ends oh. and she was like flopping around like a fish out of water. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> I got this. Yeah, I, I buckled you in you like you were four. In. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Mm, no, no problem. Right. That I made got me you. feel more secure. <laughs> Mama. Mama. <laughs> oh, so I'm sure there are people listening who either do have a fear of flying or know someone mm-hmm. who does have a fear of flying. And uh, we're going to get into what to do about it mm-hmm. later in the podcast. Mm-hmm. So we'll kind of save that for then. But did you have anything else that you wanted to add about flying? Well, just about what you said, you just mentioned that you're sure that somebody either knows somebody yeah. or maybe has a fear of flying. But from what I read when mm-hmm. we were, you know, getting ready for this podcast, most people will experience some type of phobia at some point. Really? Mo- yeah, that's what I read. Most wow. people, not to the point where they need the therapy or medication, but um, most people will experience one way or another that's what i read well there we we learned about just there are so many phobias they all have a different name yeah and most of them are medically recognized i found a couple that i was like oh wow and then (laughs) i looked into it further and while it had its own name it wasn't recognized in the medical world even though people really do have it yeah so i thought well i guess i won't use that one yeah and you know one thing to just share like before every podcast Catherine and i always do a little sound test in in prayer so yeah i'm glad you're mentioning yeah Yeah. so we pray together and then we save those little sound bites i don't know for some later use or whatever but in the prayer, it was my turn to pray, and and I prayed that anybody who, if, if someone feels a fear, whether or not it's a rational fear, it is fear, right? And they feel it, right? It is fear to them. Mm-hmm. So we need to be um, sensitive to that. I Absolutely, guess. I'm glad you're saying that because I wanted to also I wanted to point out that if if we do laugh about a certain phobia, I can laugh at my own phobia. Yeah. I, I can, but we are sensitive 
to yeah, for sure to other people's fears so if if we if we do happen to laugh at a, a couple of them it's not that we think it's ridiculous not it's just all. that um well actually they use they use that in some therapies i laughing I, at it yeah like yeah. like seeing the the humor in it yeah well because we know that the definition of comedy is tragedy plus time yeah and you and i mean we're mm-hmm. talking about our own experiences and mm-hmm. i'm going to share mine yeah. in just a second but we're able to laugh about it now in the moment you know when you were losing it mm. th- there was no laughing necessarily there was let's bring help, bring support. Let's get through this, whatever. Mm-hmm. But now picturing Kenny and you, you know, <laughs> juggling three kids and you, <laughs> and you go and you're on your own, pal. Yeah, I know. Well, and even like, I can laugh at that. You had to buckle me yeah. in because right. <laughs> it was good for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, good. No. Well, the fear is real. It is real. Mm-hmm. It is real. It is real. Anyway, to us. Yes. And I, I will share with the audience my fear mm-hmm. is claustrophobia. Yeah. Which is very common. It is. And people have a fear of tight spaces mm-hmm. or being unable to breathe or whatever. And in our in our research we we did learn that oftentimes these fears have an origin. So they're they're based in some experience that one had. It's a particular pr- point in time Mm -hmm. could be in your youth could have been when you were in the box you know as a baby on the plane oh you know not not, that when my thing started yeah (laughs) we really aren't the same person which would explain if you're put in a box that's confined it would but that was your story not mine (laughs) um but anyway these experiences we all have experiences and and some way, somehow, there's some kind of negative thing that happens. And then it could lay dormant forever and ever and ever. And then, boom, there's a trigger. Yeah, it can manifest itself. So it sounds like for you with flying, the trigger was 9-11 happened. And, and then it just kind of spiraled from there. For mine, claustrophobia, I don't recall ever having a triggering kind of or, um, or an origin, like a, like a negative experience of origin. I don't hmm. recall anything. As a kid. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I grew up in the 70s when everybody was in the wide open spaces. Like, mm, yeah. you know, you were outside all the time. Yeah. So I w- was never in a confined space. Mm-hmm. And when I went to college was my first experience with the elevator. I mean, I had been on elevators before. Yeah. But not in a college dorm. And I lived on the 10th floor my freshman year. Oh. And um, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I did not know that. Well, you know, with college students, they're shoving as many people on there as possible. And, they're, you know, they're abusing things. And, you know, it things can get broken mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, so like, I could do it if I was the only one there. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say I was coming back to my dorm in between classes and there was nobody else really around. Mm-hmm. But if it was a real busy time, I mean, there were often times when groups of students would have to wait. One group goes up, then the next group shoves it, and they just keep on coming and coming. And if you're like the first one in, and then who oh, wants you keep getting pushed back? Yeah. yeah, and who wants to be the person who says no more? All right. <laughs> There's two of us in here, I'm and about that's to freak out. One too many. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder what those people who are um, train pushers, or actually not the train pushers, but the people who you know in our episode about weird jobs yeah and one of the weird jobs is called train pushers and they push people pa- <laughs> it's mostly in japan and they pack, pack them, them in. in yeah these trains i wonder how they feel i, about I claustrophobia. don't even like thinking about that but oh, thanks sorry. for bringing that up oh, sorry. <laughs> appreciate it <laughs> 
we do exposure therapy right here. Okay. Yeah. Well, so in my college years, I, I lived on the 10th floor and then I also lived on the 14th floor. So mm. there was no avoiding the fact that there was an elevator in the situation, but I would take the stairs. I was going to ask you, did I you did. take the stairs? I did, unless I was desperate. Oh like if, gosh. yes. So that was my first like clue that I don't like being on elevators with a whole bunch of people. Mm. And then the threat, I was never stuck on an elevator, but that that was just in my mind. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I survived through college and in all these years i'm i mean it's been 36 years or whatever since college Mm -hmm. and um now i had my first panic attack of my life ever how many years ago was it because you were with me yeah it was maybe four four okay four years ago okay so Catherine and i were on a trip with our church peeps Mm -hmm. and it was how many ladies were with us there had to be at least six one two three four okay so and we were all traveling together Mm -hmm. in the same suv which was like a seven passenger suv but the very third seat the back seat was a little tight and there was a lot a, tight. It was a lot tight. Yes. I, I was trying to, I was trying to give yourself, <laughs> I was trying to help myself, but yes, it was a lot tight. It was very tight. Yeah. And it happened to be Christmas time and we stopped at a mall. Mm-hmm. And so we all got out and we all went in and we were on our way back from Wisconsin Dells to Chicago mm-hmm. area. We went in the mall, we bought a bunch of stuff and then there was really nowhere to put it. The trunk was full. Or yeah. I guess they call it the back back hatch. I don't know what they mm-hmm. call it, but it was the back area was full. And so I was sitting in that third seat and all around me were all these gifts. I looked like ET in the closet. I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah, you did. There was not and there was not an inch of space that wasn't being used all around me. True. And at the time, I was I was saying because everybody was like trying to be very gracious and like, are you okay back there? Because our leader Linda, yeah, she was w- saying I'll sit in the back and well, and she did on the way there and half like she she knew that that spot's uncomfortable and you miss out in conversation. Yeah, so she did have that position, but I think her knees were bothering her and maybe she mentioned something. But you volunteered to go in the back. I did. You did, and I not thought I knowing, was going to be okay. Yeah, not knowing you were going to have that no sensation, but yeah. So then we get we Down get the packed road. in. We get on the highway. So now we're on the interstate. Mm-hmm. And conversations are going and everything is happy-go-lucky. And I'm just sitting back there feeling my chest, feeling my heart, feeling like an elephant sitting on me. And I'm feeling like I can't breathe. And Catherine is up in the front somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember exactly what I said, but I think it was like, you guys. Yeah, that's what you said. You went, um, guys. <laughs> and I thought immediately, what's, what's wrong, wrong with her? <laughs> It's not like you to just right. blurt that out, especially yeah. when a bunch of gals are talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And interrupt them and, and yeah. be like, oh, I need something. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to be calm. I really I was. Tell. I really was trying yeah. to suppress the panic because I had to get out of that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and Becky, who was driving, she wasn't able to pull over. Not right away. Right away. No. And then she got off somewhere and we got mm-hmm. into a parking lot. And then it took a minute for the doors to open and everybody else had to get out. And then they had to basically extract you. me with yeah. the jaws of life, you know, <laughs> like come and get me. And I had I had to take a minute, you yeah. know, to, to compose myself. And I was so embarrassed, you know, that. Were you? Well, Aww. I was embarrassed because... 
grown <laughs> and I had no control over that. That was the first time I had ever had that experience yeah. of a full-blown panic attack mm-hmm. for any reason. I know that people have panic attacks for many, many different reasons. Yeah. And they are very real. Mm-hmm. And so then I had to sit in the front. I couldn't sit in the back. And mm-hmm. our dear friend Linda did get, she climbed right back there. And she, she, she was E.T. in the closet. And she was fine with it. Yeah. I was like, God bless you, girl. Because yeah. I was ready to call my husband and say, like, you got to come to Wisconsin. <laughs> Pick me up. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's how fear is. There was yeah. a time coming back from Jamaica where we had to do, I, um, we landed, what's it called? Connecting flight. Yeah. And. I was like, I'm not getting back on. I am not getting back on. I'm getting a bus. Give me the credit card. A bus. <laughs> I am taking a bus from the East Coast back to Chicago. You're done. I'm not getting on. Yeah. And, th- and and that's really the reason that we wanted to do this podcast is because these phobias can lead to... They're debilitating. Yes. And... um. And I was going to share this too about, so so I survived that initial episode, obviously. And then I, I thought, well, you know, it's not a big deal. I, how many times am I going to be sitting in the third row of a SUV packed with women and Christmas gifts? Not that often, right? But then I had a second panic attack and it was in my son's car, mm-hmm. a little Mustang that I don't know how he <laughs> crawled in and out of that thing. Mm-hmm. And I had to use his car because my car was in the shop and I had to go to physical therapy and I went, I was able to get there. But when I came back, I I knew it was tight and I had felt it was tight, but I had that same sensation of the, mm. I can't breathe and I can't do it, you know, and I was able to get through it. But th- those two things really affected me. Mm-hmm. So then I, I, I had to go and fly. You and I flew to Florida and I asked my doctor for some Xanax because I told her I had these two panic attacks and now I'm afraid that I'm going to get on the flight and feel that way. Mm-hmm. I just need a backup. Yeah. And I didn't have to use it. Right. Because I didn't, it turns out that I didn't feel that way. No. Well, we also had the very front row where there's space. Didn't we have yes. the very, so you weren't really confined. You right. didn't have somebody in front of you. Right. Actually, we had a lot of leg room because we have issues. That's why we got yes. the front row. <laughs> All all I'm saying is a week. A week. We're all week, aren't we? I feel like you had one other time that um, you had a claustrophobic episode, not as major as the one in the van with Mm -hmm. or whatever it was SUV with the gals. I I feel like there was one other one, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is like a you know. I kind of thought that was a one time thing when you had that in the minivan. Yeah, and I feel like there was one more, but. Well, the one with the Mustang. So besides that, well, anyway, and going like like we're having this conversation, and then going back to college with the elevators Mm -hmm. and and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's I wouldn't say that my claustrophobia is severe because I'm not afraid to get into a car. I I don't feel claustrophobic in this closet, although we do have a window. This is a very big closet. I mean, it's a room. It is. It's a room. It's, it is a small like, room. Isn't this the size of uh, Caleb's room back in Probably. the other house? Yeah, which was actually a closet, but we yeah, made it into well, a room. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so anyway, getting back to when we when we talked about doing an episode on phobias, we just wanted to help people understand that phobias there's a wide range. You know, mm-hmm. from it's an annoyance occasionally yes. to it's debilitating. Yes. And 
there is support and help. So stay tuned because we're going to get to that in a minute. Right. Let's transition into weird phobias. Yeah. So we looked up some weird phobias. Oh, Why don't you goodness. go first okay. with yours? All right. So it's funny. I was um, mentioning these at home with my daughters. And they were like my daughter, Emily, who has a podcast her herself. And she's like, Mom, you have to learn how to pronounce these properly. No, so. you don't. Well, she felt that I had it's to. It's more so. funny when you screw it up. <laughs> Just saying. Nobody cares for perfection. Yeah. So, okay, I'm going to start with, so this one, arithmophobia. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I have that. Mm. The other one is numero. Well, Wait, I should well, say what, what it's is... the same. It's the same one. It's, oh, just it's the same also one. called numerophobia. Okay. So <laughs> fear of numbers. Fear of numbers, and these can be uh, not just a general fear of math itself. Some people have it to the extent of actually seeing with numbers, dealing with numbers, getting um, on the scale. <laughs> Right, for sure. It's arithmophobia. <laughs> yeah. I'm but, not fat. Yeah. Okay. But moreover, just people who have anxiety over having to deal with numbers, and it does come down to math, which oh. is where the root of the word. So most most phobias, are come they come from Latin or roots. Greek origins, mm-hmm. roots. So anyway, but I think that that was another phobia that I had about grown it mostly Mm -hmm. but I was to the point I mean I hated I hated math so much because I struggled with it so much Mm -hmm. so I um wasn't planning on talking about this but it's why I'm sure other people feel that way too well my daughter does yeah I mean it was so severe that I hated to keep score during you know games things (laughs) like that and (laughs) I could do it now. But just, oh, and I had a job as a cashier at one point. And if the (laughs) computer messed up, yes, I was one of those people like, oh, no, I'm going to have to count back. You know, like. Oh, the change? The change. Yeah, forget about it. (laughs) No. You know, and just frozen in fear. Anyway. And, um, and then I had a job in accounts receivable, which I was talking to you about that. But anyway, I've outgrown that for the most part. But well, that's good. what that fear is. All right. All right. What's the next one? So the next one. Okay. I'm going to say this. Hippopotomonstrosesquipedeliophobia. Mm-hmm. And well, <laughs> that is, is a it? fear of long words. That, that's so, so bizarre. Why do they do that? Why do they call abbreviated... That's a long word for the actual abbreviation. Like when you abbreviate a word, you know? Yeah. It's real tiny. Right. Why right, do they right, use right. a long word to describe that? I don't know. Maybe but they're anyway. trying to expose you to your fear and get help you get over it. Hmm. Perhaps. So that's, uh, and they, they, they think that that is steeped in... Uh, maybe as a child, they had to read out loud. Okay. And when they came across words they couldn't read or pronounce, it developed this into this fear. Yeah. So that's what that is. <laughs> I'm just remembering. I, I can't remember now what conversation I was in, but somebody used a big word. I think I was being interviewed for something and I didn't understand what the word meant. Mm-hmm. And so they asked me a question that I didn't know, like, what the question was. <laughs> And I couldn't, it. I couldn't Google it. You uh, know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you weren't in a position to Google it. No. Is that what? You, right. So I had to just wing it. It was like driving down the road with your eyes closed. I was like, yes. Uh, I don't know. 
whatever. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. It was a big word. So I have that hip of whatever phobia. You think so? Not really. No. Because no, I, I really so. don't care. Yeah. <laughs> What's the next one? All right. The next one is ergophobia. Ergo? Ergophobia. Let me guess. Ergo. Like something that's ergonomically correct. Like the fear of not having ergonomically correct things. Well, you would think that. But no, it's what a fear it? of work. Oh. <laughs> I I picked that one because I thought it could be funny. The fear Uh, of work. Yes. (laughs) So some people, no, you don't. You are a hard worker. We joke because we don't really have paying jobs at the moment. Right, it's coming though. But you are definitely a hard worker. I am in my, I am too. Yes. So So, this fear of work. Yeah. So it could be, um, a fear of even like people who just can't get it together and really what it comes down to is they have a fear of some people have a fear of uh actual labor some people it's just a fear of um success or failing yeah, yeah. you know just associated stress. with work yeah oh, bummer i know all right what's the next one okay oh okay pentherophobia pentherophobia fear of pens <laughs> fear of writing no Okay, what is it? Fear of your mother-in-law. What? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, it's oh. a real thing. Thank God. I don't have that. Me neither. Yeah, I love my mother-in-law and I do not fear her at all. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so good. That's, that's what that is. Okay. Interesting. Very. Yeah. And the last one that I wrote down mm-hmm. was allodoxophobia. That is a fear of having an opinion and even... Or mentioning the opinion that you may have. And they they think that's rooted in perhaps as a child, one was not allowed to give their opinion. Or they gave an opinion and was uh, criticized for it. Yeah. Or embarrassed or something like that. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. And I have a few to share myself. Mm -hmm. This comes from the... 10 strange phobias you might not have known existed. I'm going to share five of them. Uh, The first one is called panophobia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's dealing with being, let's see, it says panophobia is real. And there are people who suffer from it daily. It can be difficult dealing with just one phobia, but imagine being afraid of everything. So they're basically afraid of everything. Yeah. They got a panoramic type. It's like, you name it, I'm afraid of it. Yeah. That's rough. That's very rough. Yeah. They often experience more than one type of phobia and remain in a constant state of fear. Gosh. Due to the belief of a persistent evil or something terrible is about to happen. Ooh. It can deeply affect the sufferer's success in general day-to-day life. Well, I could see where that would be debilitating. For sure. Or just living. For sure. Uh, the next one on this list is phobophobia. A fear of fears? Yeah, it's a fear of getting a phobia. So you don't have a phobia. You're not afraid of everything, so it's not like the first one. Mm-hmm. But you have a fear of getting a phobia. Mm. That's a that's, that's hard one to even wrap your brain around. Yeah. Well, you know what? When we were discussing the um, taking medicine for the fear of flying, I was afraid to take the medicine in addition to the flying the flying yeah i was afraid of yeah it's rough yeah all right here's a here's another one somnophobia Mm, what's that there are those who can't wait to jump in bed 
of a nighttime in bed of a nighttime or lie down for a nap. Then there are those who are afraid to get that much needed rest. Wow. So they're afraid of sleep. Oh my goodness. Mm. Mm. That'd yeah. be tough. It would be. It's it says here that it's most common in children who, for instance, have had a bad dream. Oh. Or fear falling back asleep, you know, in case that they experience another bad dream. Mm. So like a night terror or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, then we have nomophobia. I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a fear of being without your phone. Yeah. Or your phone dying and yeah. it's not charged up. Yeah, yeah nowhere yeah. to charge it. Yeah. And I think that that one most likely will just continue to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. And then um, we have the last one for me is dinophobia. Mm. It says, does the thought of dining, engaging in dinner conversations, or having a conversation with someone while eating make you uneasy? Not guilty. No. no. (laughs) I don't have that, but I understand. Yeah. yeah. And here's a sad little fact. It says, those who suffer from this are known to eat alone and in silence. And when they are eating with another person, they expect them to be silent. So their fear is so overwhelming that they just... They just can't have any, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So these things are very real to the people who suffer from them. So our heart goes out to all who experience these fears. For sure. Well, let's talk about therapy. All right. What, what, What do we do, Catherine? So how do you know when it's time to seek therapy? Well, we talked about those common uh, phobias. And in most cases, like those, those, those common ones, you don't really need necessarily uh, therapy unless it's debilitating and interfering with your day-to-day life. Well, except so, for like you and I both sought professional help through our doctors and a prescription of Xanax, which right. is not therapy, right. but it did give us um, relief. So... So definitely, even even if you're not experiencing the debilitating type of phobia, it's not as severe. Mm-hmm. If you do have that anxiety about XYZ, whatever it is, mm-hmm. talk to your physician about it. Definitely. Right. So but there, he may not say you need to go to therapy is really right. what I'm getting at. Right. You, you just need a prescription because it's an occasional thing unless right. you're flying every day and right. you have this, this fear. Right. If it's interfering with your, um, with your day-to-day life, you probably need to seek therapy. Yeah. So the therapy would be used before medication because you, you, you know, you really shouldn't take medication. Right. Unless it's a social disorder. Yeah. You know, then and you when know. you say therapy, you mean psychotherapy. Psychotherapy. You, you would have to go to a behavioral psychiatrist or whatever. Right. Yeah. So okay. once you talk to your, probably your primary physician, yeah. then he will, or she, yes. will uh, point you in the direction of what kind of uh help you need is it medication or is it therapy Mm -hmm. and then point you hopefully in the right direction if he or she doesn't then you find somebody else (laughs) right that will so um yeah so again if you're avoiding certain activities or finding that the the physical symptoms of fear are interfering like i said with your daily life then then you may want to consider therapy or at least a medication if you um if you just have mm-hmm. something, you know, if it's just occasional, like, well, what did I say in the beginning? Uh, situational. Yeah. So if it's situational, you probably don't need therapy. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
And then after that, like I said, your doctor will just um, discuss with you options and yeah. then go from there. But a really good source of more information on this uh, that I found was very helpful was on mayoclinic.org slash diseases. And we'll put it in the, in in the, the show, show notes. notes. Yeah. And then a hyphen um, conditions, specific phobias. Yeah. And, you know, when I was looking at the, like, what do you do if you have a phobia? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes they do what they call um, exposure. exposure therapy. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever it is that you're afraid of, they're going to, they're going to analyze you with like what your tolerance level is for exposure to that thing so in my case with it being claustrophobia I watched a woman who was being treated Mm -hmm. and her therapist they had done some work together to kind of try to get to the bottom of it or whatever and the origins of it but he had a pillowcase and he had her put the pillowcase over her head oh I'm afraid this is going to scare people more but well but he did it in a way where he he put the person in control. Okay. That makes sense. Like he didn't put a pillowcase over, over her, her and then tie, yeah. tie it <laughs> tight. <laughs> right. No. I know. As soon as you said exposure therapy, yeah. that could in itself rise up within yourself. Yeah. Because who wants to be exposed? If you're Nobody. afraid of spiders and they're going to put a spider on your arm. Right. That's the thought of that is horrifying. But that's. But they know what they're doing. Like you said, you're they, they probably put the person in control in every case. Well, so I don't can, I didn't see I all that's out there on it, but I just saw that. And um and then the doctor or therapist or whatever, I don't know if I, maybe a doctor or psychiatrist, I guess. Mm-hmm. They just kept on walking the person through, you know, so now how do you feel? And now how do you feel? And then they would just increase, you know, the the adjutant, I want, I don't know what to call it, the pillowcase. Yeah. So she's, she's afraid the of villain. her clothes face. And um, I was also wanting to mention Howie Mandel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because Howie Mandel, as we know, he is a TV star mm-hmm. and a comedian, comedian. And he's on that show. What's it called? The Voice? No, yeah. he, no he's on, I don't know. Oh, maybe he, America's no. Got Talent. I don't know what he... Yes, 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 yes yeah. that one. And he's also on another one where they yeah. pick numbers from pretty girls or whatever. Anyway. That's right. I forgot the he name used of to that. host it. Yeah, it's like a game show. Yeah. And my husband and I watch it. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. But anyway, he has a fear and phobia of germs. So he's a germaphobe. Yeah. And I have often wondered about germaphobes now with the pandemic. Yeah. Can you imagine if you had... Of phobia of germs mm-hmm. and now you have a worldwide pandemic oh. where the germs are out and about debilitating right? oh my goodness mm-hmm. well anyway i didn't know this but in researching for today's episode i i watched a video of him being interviewed on a talk show mm-hmm. and he said that his his initial original fear started when he was like seven or eight years old mm. very young boy he had been it outside and he was bit by some kind of a bug that laid its eggs in his skin. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. And whatever this bug was, and I can't remember what he called it. There was a name for it. Mm-hmm. It laid its eggs in his skin and it took six months no. of treatment uh. to get the worms out or the little larvae or whatever it was. And he would have to go to the doctor and they would have to scrape his skin. Oh. Until they could get to the bugs and the bugs would work their way oh, out. Oh, stop. <laughs> oh. 
Okay. If that happened to you when you're like seven years old, yeah. do you think that you might develop some sort of a response uh, uh, to germs and some, such? Yes. <laughs> or at least to bugs, which I sort of well, borderline. And, and Howie, as he, I love Howie Mandel. I loved him when he was on um, whatever that hospital show was called. I can't remember. It was in the 80s, I think. Like he, a soap opera? It wasn't a soap opera. It was like a oh. nighttime show. I'll have to look it up. Hmm. But um, anyway, he played like this doctor and he was quirky. Oh. I didn't know that he was a comedian back then. Hmm. But I've always loved him. I've always, I've always loved his character. And I, I love, I think he's hilarious. And I didn't know that that was the beginning of his germaphobe situation mm. and then he said on top of that he has ocd oh that makes sense yeah yes. yeah he just he displays that in america's got talent yeah yeah and so these conditions are real mm-hmm. to the people that, and i give him all kinds of credit for first of all just exposing you know mm-hmm. the world telling the world i mean he's famous his weakness yeah yeah and kind of giving a, a name and a face to a condition that many other people suffer from. Yeah. Probably you know, encourages them somewhat. I would like, hope. here he is. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. pushing through it. He's mm-hmm. not just, he's in the limelight and he's with people all the time. Yeah. And anyway, um, all that to say, there's hope, there's help, there's mm-hmm. support. Mm-hmm. And we're not, we're not alone. That's right. That's the one thing that we should all take away from this is that no matter what, we're afraid of something. Mm hmm. We're not alone in that. Yeah. And we can rely on other people, hopefully. Right? Let's love each other out yeah. there, people. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And just remember that everybody has a story. Yeah. Everybody has a root, you know, mm-hmm. and some kind of reason for certain behaviors, certain yeah. fears. We had an episode on worry. Yeah. And now we're having this episode on phobias. And, uh, boy. We're learning a lot, aren't we? Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. Anyway, I guess my point was that um, people have their their stories. They have issues. and They do. Yeah. They do indeed. Well, let's encourage ourselves and our listeners with a little bit of scripture. Mm-hmm. And this is my favorite. Yeah. My all-time favorite. I want to get it on my on my phone here so bear with me it's isaiah forty-one ten. yeah that she's looking up i just thought i'd yeah and it's mention. this little scripture it just means a lot to me for many reasons and it says this so do not fear for i am with you not be dismayed for i am your god i will strengthen you and help you i will uphold you with my righteous right hand And, you know, you could go back in Isaiah and read what was going on there, you know, with um, context of that verse. And I do feel like we can pull it out of context and apply it. Yeah. That's why it's there. Yeah. We're not supposed to fear because God is with us no matter what. Mm-hmm. And when we're weak, he is strong and he is going to hold us up. We don't have to hold ourselves up. Yep. And you can believe it. You can believe that promise yeah Yeah. it is true and he's strong enough to help you know to to get through whatever it is Mm -hmm. well this has been an eye-opening episode for us i hope it has been for our listeners as well Mm -hmm. and here's our call to action yeah Yeah. yeah. here's our favor that we're going to ask you for 
we're going to ask you to subscribe. Yeah. That's what we want. Mm-hmm. We need subscribers. And don't be afraid of the word subscribe. It's painless. Right. Yeah. We're not going to haunt you or hound you for money or anything. It's not like going to cost anything either. No. This mm-hmm. is um, obviously podcasts are free mm-hmm. and this podcast is free. And, and if they do subscribe or follow, whatever the word is yeah. on the wherever you get your podcasts, you'll get a notification once a week when we drop an episode. Mm-hmm. I had to think for a minute again. How yeah. do we say it? Drop. Mm-hmm. You'll get a notification that a new episode is available to you. And we've been really trying to be careful and and disciplined to drop an episode once a week. You know, oh. so and we're ahead. Yeah. So thankfully. Yeah. Because we, we had to actually stop and think a little bit more about this phobia one. We weren't quite ready last week. Mm-hmm. But I think we... I think we nailed it. I, I hope think so. It's okay. Yeah. All right. So that's our ask. Yeah. Please subscribe and share. Yes. And help us get the word out about this podcast. Yes. We, yeah. yeah. We would yeah. appreciate that. Right. Okay. Um, the topic, Catherine, for our next episode. Mm. Is it heritage? It's heritage. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about the importance of it. Yeah. Or maybe not important. Yeah. Does it matter? Does it not? Right. And I described it earlier to Catherine as we were talking before we came on the air as um, heritage to me seems like it's the box of the puzzle. <laughs> yeah. You know, because if life is a big jigsaw puzzle, you know, where you came from is sort of that picture. Mm-hmm. And then it helps you to understand perhaps, you know, why certain things go together the way they do in your life. Yeah. Or maybe not. So that's right. what we're going to discuss mm-hmm. next next time. So join us then. You've been listening to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast, and I'm still comedian Tracy DeGraff. I'm still Catherine. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us.